You know, basic, simple instructions. Sometimes that's the hardest thing in the world to do. That's kind of a silly thing. Um, uh, by the way, that's uh, whatever that is. My, holy grail, right? Um, British humor, for those of you who, uh, who may not be on the same wavelength, which would be okay. Um, the basics, the basics, the basics. Uh, that's what I want to talk about. And uh, this is so important. I, I mean, it's just one of these things, you know, the basics are the things that, that are supposed to be the most basic that we often forget, we often lose. I mean, think about this. Baseball players make, you know, whatever they make, five to a million to ten million, to, what is it A-Rod makes? Twenty-five million a year, something like that. Isn't that right? Is that right? Where my Yankee? Yeah, twenty-five million a year. To, and what do they do for, for six weeks every spring? They go play pitch and catch. That's all they do. Just work on throwing the ball, catching the ball, hitting the ball. That's it. Like we used to do as kids, some of us. Just work on the basics. And then what happens come October for the World Series? Who's going to win? What do you hear? I guarantee you'll hear it this October, whoever it is that the Yankees are playing, that, that, that in the World Series, that... Um, Sorry, I just had to throw that in for my Boston fans and stuff like that. But but uh, whoever whoever is in the World Series, I promise you, you're going to hear this, you're going to hear this at least once, and, and probably this team is is just fine tuned in the basics. They're just they have the basics down. You're going to hear that. You're going to hear that in the Super Bowl. You're going to hear that. You heard that in the NBA championships uh, last month or in, in yeah in June. So the whole point, this whole thing is, if the basics are so basic, where is it that people miss the point? On that whole thing, I had a I had a physical this week, which is something I just really enjoy so much that I had my annual physical two years ago. So that tells you, so and everything's fine and all that. But I mean, we got down, we did all the blood work and all the other stuff and stuff that I don't mind. I got down toward the last of the, my visit and I said, you know, could we just skip the rest of this visit here? Could we just 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 call it a day and let's just move on? And he said, no, 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 you know, and that's all, you know, it's, it's like my friend says that, you know, it just seems like with all the technology that we have today, they got to have something better than just a finger, you know. But anyway, um, some of you guys understand what I'm talking about there. But anyway, <clears throat> life's so tough. So, sorry, <clears throat> that's, that's hard for some of you to take, I realize. Anyway. I said, come on. And then he said, you got to have, you know, you have this other test, this colon thing. Uh, and, uh, and I'm like, you know. And he said, Rich, I just want, he's a great doctor, by the way. I just want to deal with the basics, your heart, prostate, just the things that are very basic. And, and, he, and he said something pretty cool. He says, because when we miss those, we can really get in trouble. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's so true. It's so true in life. We come to the Scriptures. It's no different. And what I want to show you today is, is just Jesus says Himself, the most basic thing about having faith in God and faith in Christ. And wherever you are in your own particular deal, in your own particular journey of life, um, this is something you need to think through and to think upon. Because we get into, you know, if you're in church... You talk about doctrine, and you talk about Bible studies, and all this is good, and I love all of that. And you talk about different issues here, and different issues in different ways, and so forth. And yet, all of it has to be run through this filter 
according to Jesus himself. And what's amazing to me is even as a minister, I remember the time that somebody reintroduced me to these verses because I knew them. But I had just sort of put them on the back burner for a while. And it's the most basic thing. So let me show it to you because I think it's important for us to really see. It comes from the book of Matthew and it's right after the Pharisees who really don't have good intent at all. They're trying to trick up Jesus a little bit and they say, you know, Master, teacher, rabbi, what are or what is the most important scriptures, or what they're saying basically, what's most important teachings of the law and the prophets? They're trying to trick Jesus up. Jesus just jumps right on top of that, and look what he says. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the other commandments and all the other demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. It's that simple. He says, that's it. Love God and love people. It's real simple today, what I'm going to talk about. is We talk about getting and sticking to the basics of life. Real simple. Real simple. Two things. That's all I'm going to do. Two things. You know, and I hope these two things won't just stick with you today. I hope... And, and this is one of those talks I probably ought to give once a year just to kind of remind me as well as you how important this is. Just two things that that I need to filter everything else through in my life. And here he tells us what it is. Love God and love people. So here's what I want to do. By the way, by the way, before I go through any any further, this isn't new. For instance, and many of you know, I, I, if you've come here very regularly, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, big reader of history and I enjoy it very much. And, and one, of the, one of the things that Lincoln gets, um, I think, a bad rap about oftentimes is that people say President Lincoln was not necessarily a person of faith. And the truth is, as you read his story, he was very much a person of faith. And I'm going to show you one of his quotes in a moment to show you that. Um, he really had a problem. This is going to be new to some of you. He really had a problem with churches and sometimes people in those churches. That was his issue. It wasn't God and it wasn't Jesus. It was, uh, and when you read some of the things and some of the, I mean, it's just amazing that what, what people do in the name of God, in the name of Christianity, in the name of Christ. But look what Lincoln said about this whole thing. When any church will inscribe over its altars as its sole qualification for membership, the Savior's condensed statement for the substance of both law and gospel, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. That church will I join with all my heart and soul. Wow, Lincoln says that. You know, and you're thinking, wow. I mean, that's, and that was, that was his issue. That, that's true for us today. That's true for us to think through and to think about. And this is this whole thing of, of disenchantment with, with quote-unquote the church or Christians or Christianity, that's not anything new. We're talking 1860 uh, when, this was, when this was said by Lincoln. So, understanding that, here's what I want to do. Two things. Let me just show you the first one. Two things that we, we need to talk about. We talk about basically getting and sticking with the basics of life and, and, and what it means to love God and love people. And sometimes, you know, when we start talking about some of those things, if we were to go around our... Just the, just the opera house here this morning and just ask you, what does it mean to love God and, and love people? And we would probably come up with all kinds of answers. 
I doubt that we would here, seriously, but if we were in a group of other uh, Christian-y type people, that's the term that I kind of made up, Christian-y. I mean, you'd get, you'd get views, well, you know, if I love God, I'll wear Jesus t-shirts. Nah, nothing wrong with that. I don't know that that's a sign that you necessarily, you know, there's a lot of people that wear Jesus t-shirts. Um, uh, maybe it means that, that you get one of those old bumper stickers that they used to have, honk if you love Jesus. Wouldn't that go well in New Jersey? Wouldn't that really well? I mean, everybody would love Jesus here, man. Wouldn't that be great? Everybody be right. Everybody honks their horn anyway. Um, I went by somebody who, who uh, not a few years ago, I saw one of those, and I was in a different frame of mind. I thought, well, I'll try this. I've never tried this, and somebody had that on their bumper sticker. I would not have that on my car because all kinds of reasons. Somebody tried to put a some kind of a clergy thing on my car one time. I don't know who that was. It'll cost you $100. I heard a phone go off. $100, put it in the basket as you leave, okay? Um, just one of our, we don't have a lot of rules here, but we do have a couple. And that, that by the way, because of the frequency of which that happens, we're going up on that. And uh, we're going to start charging you more, and, and you, know, with, you know, our treasury needs it anyway, so there you go. No, I'm, anyway. anyway um, back to my point. So, so I, I went, this was a few years ago. The person had this bumper sticker, honk if you love Jesus. And I was just in one of those moods. I would never do this. I just thought, oh, I'll try it. I'll honk. And I honked. And, you know, they're like, Arr! you know, they looked at you like, you know, they didn't flip me off, but they came close. And I'm thinking, that's probably not uh, something that I really need on my car or anybody else. Um, but anyway, there are all kinds of views that one might sort of ascribe to that, praying before every meal, nothing wrong with that, but... Is that a way that I can, uh, even even if it's maybe an inopportune time? Uh, you can, by the way, you can always pray before a meal whether people see you or not. I don't know if you know that or not. You can always pray anytime you want to pray. You don't have to always bow your head and close your eyes. Um, some people would say, well, I never miss church. They don't say that anymore because everybody misses church now. But, I mean, um, some people used to say, well, I'll never miss church because that's my love for Jesus. And it's like, well, I wish it were that simple. But obviously it's not, and I hope you don't. I, I, I hope you don't miss church. But obviously there are other considerations. Um, so what is it? Let's just get to it. Let's just get to it. What is it? Um, two things. When we talk about what it means. First of all, to love God, and secondly, what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. It's two things. Real simple. Not a hard outline today, folks. Two things: love God, love people. That's it. You say okay, say amen, get us out of here. Well, hang on just a minute. All right. Uh, and then I want to I want to just I want to try to elucidate a little bit to get you to think along with me. Here's what I got. When we talk about loving loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, I'm going to go through basically just ten statements. Um, this is not formulaic. This is just to get you to think. That's all. That's my only purpose here. Uh, I want to elucidate a little bit. What does that mean? Because somebody says, "Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind." Okay, great. Love God with all your heart. What does that mean? What does that mean? How do I do that? How does that work? So just give you, I want to give you some thoughts, just to stimulate some thoughts, just to think along these ways, all right? And here they are. Number one, um, I have a desire to honor God. I have a desire to honor God. I just want to honor God. I want to honor Him in all I do and what I say and how I deal with people. Um, His presence is never far from my mind. I'm always aware of the fact that God is present. God is around. God is here. God is with me. If I'm playing golf, if I'm, if I'm going to the theater, if I'm here, I'm aware, you know, God's, God's right here with me. Just kind of aware of that. He is, you know. He is. Kind of a cool thing to think about. Uh, I'm protective of His reputation. You say, what does that mean? I'm protective of His reputation. Um, 
you ever hear a mother when her child has been talked about in a negative way? Mother's more than dad's too, but mother's more than dad's. I mean, you will hear a defense. I mentioned a few weeks ago uh, the few times that I've that I've had the opportunity to visit people in jail and so forth, and you talk to their parents afterwards, especially their mothers, and they'll give you this whole litany of things as to why, you know, they shouldn't be there, or if they're there, how it's going to be better. And all, all, and, and this is all from the, just from the view of love. Because they love their kid. You know, and it's not that, you know, is, are they empowering them, or are they enabling them? Maybe sometimes, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. But, but the point being that, that sometimes we get, we, we look at these things through how we love people. And, and we are protective of their reputation for that. So how, sometimes that gets abused, and that's what I'm talking about. But what the issue that I want you to see on this is real simple, and that is when you, um, when you love God, you're protective of His reputation. I don't mean by that that you go around and, and you grab people who use the Lord's name in vain. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I'm talking about the fact that when God gets blamed for a lot of things that God doesn't do. God gets... God gets the credit and the blame, the credit in a negative way is what I mean. And sometimes it's good to be able to say, hey, you know, God didn't do that. People did that. People sometimes say, well, why did God do this disaster? Why did this bomb get dropped here? Sometimes people do things and God gets the, gets the blame for it. And my point is, if you love God, don't be afraid to be protective of His reputation. Think about that. Um, keep going here. I want others to learn of Him and His ways. I want others to learn of God. I want I want people to I want people to. And again, be be careful with this. Does, does this mean I sit on a street corner and pass out literature? No, doesn't mean that at all. Uh, some people do that, and I suppose if they want to do that, that's their business. I'm not necessarily saying that I would do that, or that I. Nor am I going to say that those people are wrong. I I would not. That's not how I would handle it. But there is an opportunity when you're talking with people and being able to talk about just the things that God has done in your life. You don't have to be preachy about it. You don't have to be, you know, obnoxious about it. Just talk about, you know, I've experienced God's grace in my life and I'm so thankful. I just want others to know about God and His ways. Um, people, in, another way, I enjoy hearing and talking about His character. That's part of what, hopefully, hopefully, it's part of what we do here. Talk about God and His character. We're talking about other things as well, but that's part of the issue. Um, another one, I hurt when I hurt Him. You know, sometimes people talk about this whole thing and they talk about it in terms of, well, if I'm a Christian, um, if I'm a follower of Christ, and I, does that, and I sin, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're, first of all, you're a human being, okay? That's what that means, because we're all fallen fallen people. But here's where the real thing kind of comes to grips, and this is an important issue. And let me put it to you in, in, the, in a life as a husband. I have been one, I'm not proud of this, who on more than one occasion have done things to hurt my wife. And when you come to grips with that, whether it be just in a conversation with them or maybe in counseling or something, when you come to grips this person whom I love more than any other on the face of the earth other than God, I have hurt. That really hurts. Then you're like, oh, gosh. See, so I take that over into your relationship with God. 
And do you sin? Yeah. But the difference between the person of faith and the person who doesn't have any faith is when they do, they say, I've hurt God. And that really bothers me. See, and, and the issue there, and I've talked to people all the time about this, and they're like, you're not going to believe what I did. I really screwed up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not nearly as concerned about what you did as your attitude toward it. Because I think that's what God is concerned about. So when I have a love for God, I hurt when I hurt Him. See, Jesus takes this thing internal. It's not an external thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I desire to be like Him. I desire to, to imitate those attributes of God. God is love. God is grace. I desire to, to, to emulate those in my life as well as imitate them. Um, I, want to, I want to look at people through His eyes. That's a good one. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at people and I look at how they're dressed or sometimes I look at how they act. And I've told the story many times. Um, for those of you who haven't been here, of the, of the snowboarder that I got to know when I lived in Vail and pastored a church there, and I'm, I'm, I'm a snowboarder, and, and um, <clears throat> although I don't go for the whole genre, and um, this guy wanted to snowboard with me, and you know, and he had all this stuff all over, you know, all this, like I like to say, he looked like he fell in a tackle box, and uh, and uh, he, um, and I don't he said, oh, Pastor Rich, Pastor Rich, I want to go snowboarding with you, I want to go snowboarding, and I'm like, I'm not going to snowboard with you, I didn't say that, but, I mean. You know, he's got all this, you know, he's got, he's got piercings where I didn't know you could have piercings, you know. I think he had one inside his nose somewhere. Anyway, I don't mean one of these. I'm talking about Wayans. Anyway. Um, anyway. I went snowboarding with him. Got to know the guy. Guy had a great love for God. And I thought, you are such a shallow, superficial idiot, Rich. Guy likes... Likes jewelry on his face. So what? You know, I don't understand that. It's not a temptation for me. It's not going to happen anytime soon. But hey, to each his own. The guy had a heart that loved God. And I, you know, that's and I and I thought and I thought about this whole point. I need to look at people through the eyes of God as much as I can as a human being. I can't do. It. I'm not God. I can't do it all the time. But I need to try to do that. We need to seek to do that. If I love God, I want to, one of my prayers needs to be, God, help me to see people the way you see them. That's a, that's a huge prayer. It's a huge thing. Um, I want to be aware of God in all I do. Whatever I do, I want to be aware of that. Changes your attitude about a lot of things. I want to live, and this is the year, I want to live in a constant state of gratitude toward God. That's a display of a love for God. I'm living in a constant state of gratitude. Let me just tell you. We'll talk more about this when Thanksgiving comes. I know that's a long time off, but we're working on some of that stuff now. And, and, and one of the things that you will hear me say then, I probably said it last year, I don't remember. Isn't that funny? I know more what I'm going to say this Thanksgiving than I said last Thanksgiving. I don't know what that says. But anyway, um, when we have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of thankfulness, a heart of gratitude, we don't whine. We're not negative. We don't complain. All those things are symbolic of people who don't have a heart of gratitude. And when I, when I love God, I'm just thankful for life 
in what He's doing in my heart, even what He's doing in my life when it's not some things that I particularly like at the moment because I have enough faith and enough trust to know that somehow God is doing something in my life even though I may not understand it. That's, that's why it's called faith. If, 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 when, we're, when we're people of faith, that's part of the faith. And I realize not everybody's there, but that's okay. I want to just talk about it still. So, that's what it means to love God. Just, again, not a formula, just some thoughts to think through. You can add some other things, some good things to talk about. Over, over, over lunch or, or this week when you're talking with friends that, that are like-minded on this area. Is, is What does it mean when a person, whether you necessarily buy into all of it or not, what does it mean and how does it show up in a person's life if they have a love for God? Because it's more than words. It has to be. Second thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is now the Bible teaches, and Jesus says that our neighbor is everybody is everybody that would be as far out as if you if if you've ever heard the story of the Good Samaritan, and if you haven't, all that is the story about how there was this guy walking down the Samaritan who, according to the audience that Jesus was talking to, the Samaritans they were very very bigoted. The Jewish people were very bigoted against the Samaritans. That's why Jesus chose the Samaritan. He said, the story of the Good Samaritan is, this guy's walking down the road and he sees somebody over here on the other side of the road has been beaten up and left for dead. And this, quote-unquote, bad Samaritan, in the eyes of the audience, goes over and helps him. That's why he was the Good Samaritan. And that's why, that was, and that was an answer to the question of who is your neighbor? And Jesus gave that whole illustration of the Samaritan guy that helped out the guy that he didn't know. That was, so that could be your neighbor, somebody as, as distant as that, Somebody, somebody in our in our terminology, somebody you meet on the or know or sit beside on a train or subway or or walk by in the city that needs help, or someone as close as your mate. One of the things sometimes I do in weddings, and certainly before before the the ceremony, but sometimes I do it in the ceremony depending on the couple, is I will read this verse, and then I will sort of sort of chidingly say. Let me introduce you to your new neighbor. That's about as close of a neighbor as you're ever going to get. Your wife or your husband. And Jesus is saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Does that apply to my husband and my wife? You bet it does. Does that apply to the, to the stiff that I'm sitting standing beside in the subway that smells? Yeah, it does. See where I've been lately, haven't you? Uh, but um, <clears throat> it does. And God says, have that right view. So, loving others, what does it mean? I'm going to go through these kind of quickly, but some other ten things, very ways that my love for others is displayed. Okay, Again, not a formula. Just help you think through this thing. This is all this is. There's a lot more than this, and we could go on, but I'm just going to get you to think about this. Number one, I highly value people, all people, and it shows how I treat them. It shows by how I treat them. How do you treat people? Not just the people who can do something for you, but the people who can't do anything. I mean, make that a point, would you? Make it a point sometime, at least once a week, and hopefully more than that, where you do some little special act of kindness. Doesn't that be much? For, for someone who can do nothing in return for you. Not a client, <laughs> not a customer, not your mate, but maybe the person who helps you at the convenience store. Maybe the checkout counter person. Some, maybe it's just words. Hey, hey, God bless you. How are you doing? I've learned no matter what a person's faith or lack of faith, 
If you just say a little thing like, God bless you, everybody I know appreciates that. Everybody I even don't know appreciates that. Even if they don't even have faith, they they appreciate that. Because they know it's just sort of a nice thing, an encouraging thing to say. Just think about doing that. Maybe it's a little thing. Maybe Maybe it's someone that you know sometimes. A little email. Phone call. A little note. Whatever it might be. Um, highly value people, and it shows by how you treat them. How about this one? Enjoy others' successes without jealousy. That's a good one, isn't it? Sometimes we know people and they succeed, and we're like, ah, well, they probably cheated and stole to get there, you know. Hey, just enjoy it with them. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm glad... I'm glad they're doing well, even though, you know, they did this to me or that to me. Maybe I had a good experience. Maybe I had a bad experience. But that's okay. Enjoy other successes without jealousy. That's a tough one. That's a, you know, I, I find that, I don't know if you agree with this or not. It's okay if you don't. Um, I find that probably a harder thing to do in this particular culture than, than many that I've lived in. When somebody gets a, a larger home or, or something like that, oftentimes you will hear, I have, I hear, People make some kind of a little, oh, I bet they, you know, he really must have had a good year. Or, or, uh, I bet they're in hock up to their eyebrows to get that house. Hey, just say, I'm grateful they can have a nice bigger house. What's the big deal? Instead of that, all that other stuff that goes along with that. That, that says more about you than it does them. So, enjoy other successes without Without jealousy. I said I'd go through these quickly. This good. I will overlook faults and failures. Peter, in First Peter, says, love covers a multitude of sins. I will seek to gently correct when possible to prevent hurt. Now, that may be in, 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 that may be in an intervention, in a big way, or in a small way, where I can help. Gently correct. People will be on my mind when I'm talking to God. Now, that's called prayer. Just just praying for people. You ever do that? Maybe you're on maybe you're on the train, or maybe you're out jogging or playing or something, and you think if somebody comes to your mind, just say, "Hey, God, I don't know where so and so is right now. I don't know how they're doing, but just bless them. Just bless them, God. Just help them. You know, it's a good thing to do. Just uh, help you do it with a lot of people." Um, I will not condemn because I believe the best about people. doesn't mean that you won't deal with reality when you need to deal with reality. But you believe the best about people. How about this one? I don't keep score. Talk, I don't, I'm not a psychologist and uh, not even a wannabe psychologist. But from time to time, as a pastor, I do, I do facilitate, I guess is the right term, with couples and so forth. And, and sometime, some time ago, a few years ago... Um, I was dealing with his husband and wife. Just, it wasn't serious issues, just some things that, that I could help with. And, um, and I, they were, I was just trying to get the whole thing. And I said, well, what about this? And, and the wife said, well, he did this and he did this and he did this. And it was some pretty nasty stuff that he did. Um, and I said, uh, I looked at him and I said, when did you do that? And he said, oh, it was about eight years ago. I'm like, oh, wait, that's not fair. We're not going to deal with eight years ago. You know, it, assuming it had been dealt with, which it had, assuming it had been dealt with, confessed, and, and forgiven, and taken care of, let's deal with now. We can't keep score of what happened five or eight or ten years ago. You know, love doesn't keep score. 
Now, we don't do that with people. So it's, a, it's the wrong way. It's the wrong, it's, it's, it, it doesn't help. Um, I never, I, how about this one? I never want someone to get what's coming to them. Never want someone to get what's coming to them. Now, you want justice and you want rightness to prevail, but you don't want someone just to get what's coming to them. That's, that's vindictiveness. You don't want to live like that. I give people the benefit of the doubt. I want what's best for them. I want what's best. It's, that's what it is, just wanting what's best for people. Even if you don't like them, even if, they have, even if they have injured you in some way, that's what love does. Now let me say this, and i got to say this. When we love people, there are problems. And, and sometimes we will feel unappreciated. Sometimes we will feel used. Sometimes we will feel manipulated. And sometimes we will also feel taken advantage of. That, let me help you with this, that will happen. Okay? When you love people, that will happen. And that's, that's part of the whole journey of faith where we, be, we have that ability to come before God and leave those things with Him. And just, God, here's the deal. I'm feeling, you know, this was done to me. There's nothing I can do about it now, but I want to move on. And sometimes only God can give us that ability. Obviously, if there's a way to talk to people, we should be able to do that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. But sometimes that's not possible. Here's the deal. Even when we are taken advantage of, we must keep loving God and loving people. I want to read something to you. Um, and I'm going to have it up here for you. This is, this is I call this a, a verse or a prose. This is not Bible. Don't misunderstand me. Don't hold me to this theologically when I say this. This is not Bible, but it should be. I'm not saying that you know the Bible is still being written. But it should be in the sense it is so representative of what the Bible teaches. And it was written by Mother Teresa, um, who is the, the uh, amazing woman of God uh, in Calcutta, who just cared for the literally the poorest of the poor. And, and, uh, and many of you have read about Mother Teresa and so forth. And she had written this not too long before she died, which was just a few years ago. And it's a, it's a little piece of prose that I go to frequently. I have it on my computer, and I read it over a lot because it just so epitomizes of what life ought to be. So I want you just to follow along with me, and, and then we're going to pray, and then I'll have the guys come up, and we're going to do one more song. But I, I want you just to follow along with me in this because this is, this is really good. All right, you ready for this? People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. Let's think about that. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. When you spend years building, excuse me, what you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have and it, will, it may never be enough. Give the world the best you have anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it's between you and God. It's never between you. It was never between you and them anyway. Isn't that good?
That just says it all. Let's pray. God, these are wonderful words for us to get a hold of and get our arms around and get our brains on and just dwell on and think about. And Lord, we know that it is only really by Your power that we can we can love You with all our heart, soul, and mind. And we do pray for that. We're grateful that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us eternal life and abundant life. And there are many people here, Lord, from many different areas in their own, in their own journeys of life. Some of us are long-term people of faith. Some of us are, are new. Some of us are still thinking about it. Wherever we are, God, I pray that we would be aware of, of the truth and the understanding. Really, it just comes down to two things. Just two things. Loving you and loving others. Help us to understand that. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.